This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, April 27th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the very well-rested Jerem Jordan. Great job by uh, our co-workers, Chris Kozlowski, Kiki Solano, and uh, the entire crew. Fun conversations with Liz Darger and Tegan Graham. And what impressed me the most wasn't that we have talent to our women. It's mm-hmm. that we have a whole crew just ready to go, which is super cool. That was fantastic. Not common in the industry, so nice job by everybody yesterday. That was awesome. Congratulations to all on making history. More to come, Let's right? Let's do more of that. More to come. Yeah, why not? Here's your show lineup. Is BYU football a dark horse college football playoff contender? Which ESPN analyst said it and why? What's the path? Yep, we're going there. Dennis Pitta had a full circle moment a few days ago. We'll discuss that on the show. It's been a while coming for Dennis when it comes to the cap and gown. Plus, a visit from the number one ranked javelin thrower in the country and a bat catch shutout, which take us to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Baseball beats Utah Valley 7-0 last night thanks to two homers from Josh Cowden. One for two, started the scoring for BYU with his solo home run in the fifth. Cowden searching for more potentially. High fly ball center field. It's a two home run game for Josh Cowden. Four to nothing BYU. And boom goes the dynamite. BYU's won 13 games in a row against the Wolverines. That's how it should go. Cougars head to San Francisco for a three game set starting tomorrow. No word on if they're going to visit the Ghirardelli factory. Okay, we're waiting on that. If they do, bring us back something, please. Please. BYU softball beats Dixie State, soon to be Utah Tech at some point. 8-6 on the road. The Cougars survive a late-inning rally by the Trailblazers to win that game. BYU had two two two-run, rather three two-run home runs. One from Martha Epinesa, Taylor Williams, and Hunter Abe hit her 12th of the season to take the lead over Violet Zavodnik. Chloe Temples pitched her 100th career strikeout today. Back to work against Southern Utah in Cedar City at 5 Eastern. Football hires former Utah State cornerback DJ Williams as a graduate assistant. No word on if he's merely running the music at practice. (laughs) We don't know if that's his first name or a nickname. It's like in the Lego movie, DJ Wild Style. Is that your real name or is that your DJ name? What is that? We'll find out. Important questions. We're still researching. Michael Rucker, representing BYU in the major leagues, pitched one scoreless inning in the Chicago Cubs' loss to the Atlanta Braves 3-1. Daniel Schneeman in the minors, one for three with an RBI and a run for the Akron Rubber Ducks. One of the best mascots in minor league baseball. And that's saying something because there are some great ones. Colton Shaver, one for four and two runs batted in in a Lancaster Barnstormers loss, five to four. Also a great mascot. Rubber Ducky, you're the one. one. Former Cougar soccer player Ashton Brockbank is hired as the new Timpview girls soccer coach. Congratulations. That's just what happens with uh, BYU women's soccer players. I feel like a lot of them get jobs right after they're done playing. It's what you do. Yeah. Mark Emmert has stepped down as the president of the NCAA. Can we play the Imperial March legally? (laughs) We can't? He will continue in his role until a new president is put in place 
or until June 30th, 2023, whichever scenario arrives first. Cool. He made a lot of money, so at least he's got that going for him. Other than that, it was kind of a bumpy ride. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports What's Nation. Trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Jerem, here we go again. Heather Dinich of ESPN lists BYU as one of seven sleepers to make the college football playoff this year. Just let that news flow over you with so much blue-goggled awesomeness. Okay, is there any chance, any chance that Heather Dinich knows what she's talking about and BYU is a sleeper? Are you buying that BYU is one of seven sleepers to make the college football playoff? Is a double-digit team returning its quarterback with a competitive schedule a sleeper for the playoff? Yeah, of course they're a sleeper. I mean, making it. Dark horse? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sleeper, dark horse, whatever you want to call it. She said sleeper. Um, the, the fact is, yes, if BYU were to go undefeated, yeah, they'd be probably in the playoff. You know what else is a fact? That every Power 5 team, if they go undefeated, are pretty close to making the playoff or would be in. Every Power 5 team, okay? Now, you have years like, what, 04, where an Auburn team goes undefeated and they're not, uh, you know, considered for the national championship. Utah wasn't either. You know, there were two other teams, right? I'm trying to USC and somebody else, Oklahoma maybe or something. Maybe that was 03. But there are years where that happens, but it's rare. It's hard to go undefeated um, through a Power 5 league when you have a conference championship. Sure, I just don't believe BYU is going to win every game. Like, think about all the great BYU teams and how hard that was in the whack. <laughs> like, BYU wasn't playing Notre Dame, Arkansas, Baylor, Oregon equivalents stacked up on the road in, in that amount, right? So, sure, should – should they be on this list as a dark horse or a sleeper? Sure. Okay. But okay. They, they, they ain't running the table. Like, if BYU goes 10-2 and two in the regular season, I'll be ecstatic. That'd be amazing. The statement in and of itself from Heather Dinich, with no context of previous seasons, is like, whoa. Okay, here we go again. But, with no context of previous seasons? What right, do, what yeah. Do you mean? It's, well, I mean, the fact that BYU's won back-to-back double-digit, or had back-to-back double-digit win seasons. Like, yeah, that, that's this, taken this into all, account, is it not? It's all playing into it because yeah. – I think people on the surface are like, oh, here we go again. BYU in the college football playoff. Put on your blue goggles. I yeah, understand. well, so is all, every, almost every other team in the, the I list. understand where Heather Dinich is coming from, especially because BYU won 11 games in 2020 and 10 games in 2021 and were finished or finished ranked in the top 20 in both of those seasons. So it's not it, hard to make this it, list. Is it that far of a reach to call BYU no. – a playoff sleeper. It's and you said, sleeper. well, every, every other team's got – It's well, sleeper. Only, there are only seven teams because, let's face it, no, it's, no, no, no. it's out seven teams on her list. Correct. But every Power 5 team has the same opportunity. They're just not actually going to be in the mix for that. Does BYU have a better chance than, let's say, 40 other Power 5 teams? I think that's That's why up. she makes the list and has BYU included. Yes, but I'm. my point is – why, yes, if BYU goes undefeated, they would be in the mix. <laughs> that is the case for every Power 5 team, too, though. But what I know she, that's not what she's saying. I'm just making a point here. What she's saying is, yes, these are teams that outside of the Alabama and Ohio States. And They're Kansas right there. Could make a run. She also has NC State on this. Like, NC State ain't going to the playoff. Like, um, granted, the ACC is not that tough, but whatever. Pac-12, it's like USC and Utah. It's like. Yes, if these teams have one loss, BYU's not in the one loss situation here. 
They have to go undefeated. Yes, of course. But it's April 27th, and it's a sleeper list. This isn't a hard list to come up with. Uh, this is April 27th content. BYU, if they are one of seven college football playoff sleepers, dark horses, whatever you want to call them, then maybe we need to come around to the fact that these preseason polls and these projections are all in a consensus, and we need to embrace the fact that BYU might be a top-20 team when this season begins because the more and more that these lists come out, we see BYU popping up on a regular basis. Sweet! So are we undervaluing them a little bit? I know that the college football playoff is the pinnacle. It is the ceiling of ceilings. And outside of Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson, any other team that cracks into the college football playoff, like Cincinnati, it's a huge story, right? Yeah. Cincinnati had to go undefeated. Uh, almost two years in a row. <laughs> to they played Georgia. They, they had, what, one loss two years ago, and it was to Georgia, and they played them tough. Then they had to go undefeated, including beating Notre Dame. It took two years for them to get a yeah. shot at that. And guess right? what? Yeah. BYU plays a tougher schedule yeah. than Cincinnati played in either of those two years that Cincinnati made that run. And that's why BYU doesn't get the same chance, because the schedule's too hard. Like Cincinnati, if Cincinnati played BYU's schedule, they would not have been in the playoff. They would have lost multiple times. I'm, I am, I'm okay with this because I mean the question is, what's there is, not to be okay is with? Is BYU a playoff sleeper? Yes. What's there not to be okay with? Well, I think some people say don't even discuss BYU in the college football playoff. Like, don't even go there mentally. Why not? If they're a top twenty team or a top twenty five team when the season begins with their schedule and the national spotlight that is on BYU. Why would they not be a playoff sleeper if they win a few games early? Like if BYU beats South Florida and then beats Baylor and then goes to Oregon and wins at Oregon and they're 3-0, and guess what everybody's going to be talking about in late September? BYU might be the next Cincinnati. They might be the team to make a college football playoff run. We were there in 2020 when they played nobody on the schedule at one point. We were is, there B- in- is BYU good enough to make the college football playoff? ESPN was talking about that on their college football playoff selection show. Right. It's easy to talk about in – late September, early October. We've never talked about it in November because it's not – like, you lose games, and that's okay. It's April. Who cares? Whatever. BYU was 5-0 and like, into October last year. We have five year. hours to fill every week. This is great content for us. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, it's this is this is not new news. Right, and it doesn't matter. At this like, point, with what BYU whatever, has great. been over the past cool. two years, we should expect this. We should expect BYU to yeah. show up on lists like this. Sure, it's fun. Great. Is BYU actually going to be in the playoff? No. Is BYU actually going to play be in a New Year's Six game? We hope Ooh. one, we hope one day. Now that's a different conversation. We hope one day BYU makes it. To me, that's the pinnacle of re, in that's, reality. That's a different conversation. Like, does Kansas State Sports Nation that doesn't exist? Do they go? You know what? We're gonna do. We're not saying BYU is going to the playoff. I'm. I don't even think BYU has a shot at the playoff. Like BYU is not going undefeated. BYU's really good. They're not that good. Like, like playoff good. You have to be unbelievable. Like, there's no team preseason probably in BYU history that realistically we're like, you know what, this team's going to the playoff. Like, we've, we've never had that conversation. And that's totally fine. Hopefully, BYU one day makes a New Year's Six game. That'd be, that'd be so cool. I hope one day BYU plays for a Big 12 title in the conference championship. And why not awesome. this year? Why not this year for BYU to make a run to the New Year's Six? Why not? If you're a top 20 I, team in the preseason, top yeah, 25 team. You have to lose one game or less. Yeah. One game or fewer. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Great. To qualify for yeah, that. Yeah, chances are it ain't happening. That'd be great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, again, different conversation. Not holding out on that one. Playoff sleeper. So if they're a playoff sleeper, 
are they a New Year's Six sleeper, or do they get one notch above that, whatever that is? Like a legitimate contender to make a New Year's Six game? I don't really know or care. Like, if, if BYU, yes, uh, BYU's got a, a good enough schedule, uh, and, and maybe it's too tough to actually make the New Year's Six. Like, BYU's going out and playing teams. That's what they do. Uh, they want to play a really hard schedule. BYU with two BYU... losses last year, we were all watching the final weekend hoping that the right yeah. teams would lose. Yeah. And so it's Didn't not happen. it's not out of the question, again, that with this schedule, which we think is harder, we've just, well, I don't know if it's harder. I feel like it's pretty on par with last it's, year. It's really... It looks harder yes. based on the name brand opponents. But if BYU has two losses and they're 10-2 and two going into the final weekend against this schedule... It certainly is not out of the question, again, that we'll be right back where we were last year. Let's boil this down. Can BYU break into a New Year's Six game? Let's boil this down. BYU does not schedule to go to a New Year's Six. If it wanted to go to a New Year's Six, it would schedule differently. What BYU has been scheduling is to prepare to be a Power 5 team. Okay, That's the point of what BYU has been doing um, at its heart. BYU is preparing to go to the Big 12. If they wanted to make a New Year's Six game, they would not be as aggressive in scheduling because in BYU's situation, before it's in a Power 5 league, you need to have zero losses to ensure that you even have really a shot. One loss, hey, you're right there. Two losses, you're on the outside looking in, barring massive chaos, and that most of the time doesn't happen. BYU's not scheduling to get to a New Year's Six. They totally could if they wanted to. Well, now, that's an interesting topic. I wish we had Tom Homo on the show today to talk about that. What's at the core now? Because he's the ultimate competitor, you know? And he'll tell me on the sidelines, this is why we schedule those games when BYU wins those big games, right, against Tennessee and against Wisconsin. He'll finally be like, this is why we schedule those games! Right, but you also had Wisconsin the year before and got blown out. Like, you don't win all the big games. Uh, And if if you're Cincinnati, you have at Notre Dame and, like, nobody else. You want to win your league, you want to have zero loss or now one listen, loss, and then you're in the mix. BYU was a Boise State loss away last year from being legitimately in a New Year's Six game. Right, but they weren't. Are they that far off this year if they return this They're team? They're closer than I thought, but I still think it's just real tough. Like, if you wanted to make a New Year's Six team, you would not play the Notre Dame game. You would not go to Oregon. Yeah, you would have, like – you would have like well, one or the two thing. of these Even games. If you, what if you lose a game before Notre Dame and then you beat Notre Dame? Then you're right back in the conversation. Right. But there's uh, – so yeah. there are some redemptive qualities there as well. Like if you if you lose early but then beat Notre Dame, bang, you're right one, back in there. One loss, sure. But once you lose two, you're pretty pretty much out of the mix. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, be, we'll yeah. If two losses w- last year and we were still watching the final weekend. Right. But it didn't happen. Like – BYU is closer to that. Yes, I agree. But it's not the the point of BYU football isn't to make a New Year's Six. That's not why they're scheduling. That's not that it's not like the goal. They have bigger aspirations, right? They got what they wanted out of scheduling the way that they did. They wanted to go and show that they could hang with the Power Five Conference. Yeah, they have to done prepare so. for the. They've Big got 12. the invitation, yeah. but they were they scheduled these before they were going to a Power Five Conference. Like, well, these were in place I'm, long before they got the end. Correct. I'm talking about the 12 seasons of independence as well. Our question of the day. How would you best describe BYU's college football playoff chances this season? Of course, based on the comments from Heather Dinich of ESPN, who lists BYU one of seven college football playoff sleepers in 2022. Would you say they're a dark horse, a long shot, blue-goggled, or reality? Let's hear from you, BYUS, and in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation 
on BYU Sports Nation. The Twitter poll results thus far. Leading the shot, or leading the charge, I should say, is long shot at 40.7%. Dark Horse, 18%. Blue Goggle, 35. I can't believe Blue Goggle isn't winning this poll. 35.6%. In reality, 5%. Yeah. Riddle me this. Do you be, do you believe, like, at your core, that Jaron Hall will start every game? This year? Yes. Behind this offensive line? Because if he doesn't, there's no shot. Like, just starting with just that point, let alone the schedule, let alone, you know what I mean? Like, I hope Jaron Hall starts every game. Because then you have a shot in every game. Yep. Yeah. Yes, like, that's the key. Like if, in BYU, if BYU wants to make a New Year's Six game, listen, if Jaron Hall starts every game, Jerem, there's a legitimate it, chance BYU it, can make a New Year's Six game. If he and, starts every and, game. And I don't feel that strongly about it. But it, like, I feel like BYU – so in 2014, Taysom Hill starting. BYU only has three power fives. Utah's not on there. Why was BYU in the mix again for being undefeated? Going into, Because they played fewer and they didn't have Utah sitting there because that was the bane of BYU's existence until last year. And they had a shot. Like, the stars have to align. Ask 83. They finished seventh in the AP poll. They didn't get a shot at a legit, amazing situation. Because they lost the game early and the, the chips didn't fall. 84 was like unbelievably amazing in how they played the season and how everything happened around them. You have to have both to really, really make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Jaron Hall's the key. And I do feel that way. And, if and he it, starts every game. And even then, it BYU mean has anything. a chance to go 11 and 1. Yeah. Seriously. They, yes. They also have a chance to go 9 and 3 and be completely out of that conversation. Like, and that would still be an awesome season. Like, it's not all that or bust. You know? Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, how does NCAA President Mark Emmerich stepping down affect BYU, if at all? And we made more time for Dennis Pitta. He had some time on the show a few days ago. No, he's not in class. He's got no class. He's like got does, his degree. Like, does he even have a job? We don't know that, right? He's got some extra time, and he's going to join us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. What is he? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation, subscribe to our YouTube channel to get uh, interviews and, uh, you know, the latest and greatest conversations on uh, YouTube. BYU Sports Nation. Check it out. The YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan. There's a couple of graduates from BYU here. And we're going to welcome in another BYU graduate. He did it. He is he the it. 21st greatest walk-on of all time in college football, according to Big Game Boomer. It's pretty high. His name is Dennis Pitta, and yes... He is a BYU graduate. So not only are you a fantastic walk-on and a Super Bowl champion, Dennis, now you're a graduate. And now, in a weird way, are you and Jerem friends because we have time for you to discuss all of this? No, I don't think we're friends. I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Um, Acquaintances. I did walk on to BYU. I walked at graduation uh, last week. So I'm doing a lot of walking at BYU, but... um, no, thank you, guys. I appreciate the, um, the congratulatory uh, statement there for my graduation. I, I, uh, I do feel more accomplished now. I, <laughs> I have a degree from BYU. I'm, I'm a proud alum. All three of us are. There, there's a great picture there. Yeah. yeah. My yeah, mother took you, that man. picture, actually. Nice. Right after the uh, graduation ceremony. So Great framing. I feel good about it. Last week was a, was a big week in the pit of home. 
You've got a new aura and a new energy, Dennis. You have so much knowledge now. Just I do amazing. have more knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> I took I took a I took a few classes that helped me gain more knowledge, but I uh, I feel smarter. I feel wiser. I feel good. I yeah. need to ask you this: Is this a power play by you? To show that you have bigger hair than Jerem Jordan does. I know. I'm kind of looking at the quaff right now, and I'm like, I can't hang with that. Yeah, it's very quaffed right now. Actually, Ben, before I got on, he was he was trying to figure out who had a higher quaff, me or Jerem. But <laughs> I think I have just like fuller, richer, thicker hair than yeah, Jerem. So it it's just true. Kinda... You're definitely richer than me. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dennis. Well, Pitta. on a few fronts. Hair, yeah. Hair, hair being one of them. Financially. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I, I, I did want to ask you this. While I was the one, as you pointed out, and people, you know, behind the scenes, people were like, these guys hate each other. I was the one to encourage you to finish, right? Like, <laughs> like you weren't going to do it. And I was like, hey, you got to do it before Jim McMahon. Like, he got he got super old. You can't get that old. Come on, man. Is that I, I, I yeah. do want to ask you this. Like, what took so long? Because I was encouraging you, but you were very defiant. <laughs> what took so long? Yeah, I, I think we should set the record straight. You did no encouraging. That video was a complete joke. Um, what are you talking about? Never have we been friends. Never have we talked outside of this. Never have has our relationship been like that. I mean, I think you made a joke, and I kind of piggybacked on it. And, you know, I, anybody believing that you actually encouraged me or that we're actual friends away from this, I, they're being misled. So um, I would just say, you know, sense the sarcasm. In, in my voice in that video and uh, understand that Jerem and I are no closer to being friends than we were before I graduated. I, I thought so, that we had made some up some ground there, but I was clearly mistaken. Long live yeah, the Yeah, you few. were mistaken. So it, it, did, yeah, it did take me a while to, to finish at BYU. I, uh, I had 10 credits left and I was able to do them via independent study online in my home. And, you uh, and Michael Orr. Yeah. It, independent study is interesting because you sign up for a class and you have basically a year to complete it. And so uh, sometimes I took the whole year and uh, to complete the class. And then I got motivated towards the end and took a couple of classes within like six months and, and finally got it done. But it takes a while. It's t Listen, there's nothing harder than trying to go back and, and take another class being 10, oh, 15 years removed. Absolutely. It, it took me about two and a half years to finish those 10 credits. And I had been like 12 years removed, I think from BYU when I started. Oh so my goodness, it was a grind. I'm going to be honest. And, you know, be, being back in like writing papers and, and doing reading while you have three kids running all around the house. My wife's pregnant with the fourth. Congratulations. Which, by the way, she is having this baby on Friday. Whoa! Yes, I'm going to hey. be a father of four. That's awesome. Big man. announcement Congrats. coming from the pit of home again. Yeah. It's been a big couple weeks for us. Thank you. Wow. Dennis, that is fantastic. Boy, boy or girl, what are, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, it is a girl. Nice. And so we have one boy who's our oldest. He's eight. We have twin girls uh -huh. who are six. And then, and then we waited a little bit longer on this one. This is another girl. So uh, the twins really wore us out. We're, um, we needed some time to recuperate before we <laughs> thought about having a fourth. But here we are. This is the week. A season of wow. monumental changes for Dennis Pitta and his family, who joins us now over Zoom on BYU Sports Nation. Wow, this is uh, fantastic news, Dennis. 
Um, I want to stay with the positive mojo and the good vibes here. Why? And take it to BYU football. <laughs> because I'm friends with Dennis. I thought I was, too. Friends with Dennis. After last week, apparently no, not. Spence and Jeez. I are genuinely friends. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis, when you look at BYU football, we were just talking about Heather Dinich of ESPN listing BYU as one of seven college football playoff sleepers going into the 2022 season. And you know what? It's not that much of a stretch because we expect BYU to be a preseason top 25 team for the first time since you were playing in 2009. It's been a while in that regard. What do you think of BYU's chances to really make some national noise this year and maybe sneak into a New Year's Six game, if not really flirt with the college football playoff in November? Yeah, go ahead and throw those blue goggles on. Uh, I think, uh, listen, I think they have as good of a chance as they've ever had. I think the, they have the right pieces at the most critical positions. I mean, you have the offensive line figured out bunch of those dudes returning it's a talented group you got a ton of talented wide receivers and the most important position quarterback you have a returning starter and so uh you have to like their chances i mean defensively they'll figure it out they'll uh they'll piece together a good defense and and they'll be just fine i think offensively they're going to be able to move the ball i mean they've got a lot of experience they got a lot of talent and anytime you have a returning starting quarterback you you, you have to love the chances that they have and so I have high expectations. I mean, I think Jaron's going to have a great season by all accounts. He's got a ton of weapons to throw the ball to, and he's going to have time to throw it. And, uh, you know, you, the only real loss offensively is Tyler Algier, which is a significant loss. But when you have an offensive line that's that talented and a bunch of guys coming back, you can plug a lot of running backs back there, and they're going to be able to to churn out yards for you. So, um, you know, I have high expectations. I think it's going to be a great year. Let's get the Quest for Perfection Part 2 shirts out. Um, no, let's not do that. Um, but, I think I have mine somewhere. Do you, do you seriously have <laughs> I'll go still? get it. Uh, I think I do, honestly. I we, uh, we recently moved, and so I've been going through a bunch of old stuff, and I, I had a big bag of BYU stuff, and I was going through it, and I just tons of T-shirts and stuff, all those logo T-shirts that – you know, have all these sayings on it and stuff and quest for perfection was in there. <laughs> I think, I think it got packed away. I still don't, I don't have it on hand, but yeah. I'll get you on. Um, it, is it Jaron? Jerem? Yeah. It's Jaron Jer- Hall. That's just make it to Jaron Hall. One time uh, my buddy was on the spring okay. 06 team just for like six weeks and kids would ask for his autograph outside the IPF and he would just sign as Curtis Brown. I was like, that was a really smart move. That was, <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Big Game Boomer came out with the list, as Spencer mentioned, of the greatest walk-ons in college football history. You were 21st. So my qu- question is, why weren't you good enough to get a scholarship out of high school? Uh, it's a good question. I actually – I recently told this story um, – at the student athlete banquet for all of us graduating student athletes Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. the night before graduation at BYU on Thursday. And so um, I kind of told my story of of my journey into BYU. And I, I, listen, I was a skinny wide receiver um, in Southern California. And and I think I had talked to some recruiters and some schools, nobody offered me a scholarship. Nobody really wanted me, but I was, I was kind of a tweener. I, I was tall and lanky and, and skinny. And I, you know, probably not quite fast enough to play wide receiver at the division one level. And I think with the frame I had at the time, I don't think they projected me to be able to put on the amount of weight I needed to, 
to make the transition to tight end. I think that's why a lot of recruiters overlooked me. I mean, I, I couldn't explain it to you. I think recruiting is, is a crap shoot anyways. And, and a lot of guys get missed every year that are really good football players for whatever reason. And I was just kind of lost in that mix. And uh, fortunately, um, Barry Lamb, who was the recruiter in our area, you guys remember Barry Lamb, oh, who was yeah. the linebackers coach yep. uh, for a long time at BYU. Um, he said, listen, if you want to come up and, and, and if you can get into BYU at the time, like there was no preferred walk on that wasn't really a term. I mean, you had to get into BYU. Like I had to, I had to be a good student and get accepted to BYU on my own. And we know that's hard for you. I did that. And it's hard. Listen, I was a very good student. Okay. I wouldn't have got into BYU on my own if I wasn't a good student. Dennis, you should ask Jerem what his GPA was at BYU. (laughs) All I know is I graduated on time. Jaron, what was your GPA, by the way? Do you want to go battle of GPAs here? I graduated on time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I actually think I have a 3.3 something cumulative GPA. Okay. I wasn't Which an isn't athlete bad. with a bunch of tutors. You know, oh, I had to like wow. do it on my own. Wow. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, I, I didn't use any tutors, actually. I, that, I really didn't. Um, I was a 4.0 student coming out of high school, right? Beat what, what were you worried about? Well, it's still hard to get into BYU. I mean, it's even harder now. I don't know if I'd get in now, but <laughs> it is hard. Um, luckily, to, can I finish one story, Jaron, please? Yes. Right. It's, I know it's your name's Jer- Jerome. It's Jerome. For all, for all accounts, it's Jerome. That's right. Uh, so I got into BYU. I know that was, you know, a part of the story you were waiting to hear if I got in or not. And, uh, and so I, I was able to walk on. And I remember they had just made the transition over to the, the new SAB from the Smith field house, but us lowly walk-ons were in the Smith field house still. We didn't get to go over there. So I had some crummy locker metal locker in the Smith field house for my first couple months. And, um, I had to go to some walk-on meeting where coach Empey, who was ended up being my tight end coach. He, uh, he was like, if you're not a lineman, if you're any other position, you, you don't have a chance of really making this team because we, we can only really use linemen right now. We're always looking for linemen. We're stacked at every other position. So I left that meeting. I'm like, I'm not even going to make this team, you know, long story short, I won't tell the whole thing. I ended up getting on the team guys. And, and it turned out pretty well for me, but yeah. it was a, it was an interesting journey to that point. It'll be interesting to see where a guy like Tyler Algier at some point ends up on this list too. I know you feel uh, somewhat of an extra camaraderie with him because he's a walk on and now he's projected to get drafted kind of in the position where you were in the fourth, uh, Maybe the fifth round. Very cool stuff there. But before you go, Dennis, we have to ask you about your buddy Max Hall and the alumni game that happened recently live on the BYU TV app. What were your impressions of Max Hall, the performance, the Hail Mary, and the whole presentation? Uh, I was impressed with Max. I, I think everybody was. I um, Max was trying to get me to play in that game, number one. And... I said, I'm only playing in that game if I can full speed spear Jerem on the field prior to the game. Get in line. Max promised me that that would be, Max promised me that I'd be able to do that, but I, uh, it didn't happen, so I didn't come play. But Max started training a couple weeks prior to it. Like he started throwing, we, he always does throwing sessions with some of the high school kids and stuff at night. And, and he was stepping in, starting to throw, and, and, you know, his arm looked good. And so I, I think he went into that with a lot of confidence and he looked good. He was zipping the ball around and he looked like his old self out there. And uh, in regards to the Hail Mary, number one, 
I have an issue with it because there were several rule infractions on that play. Yep. And uh, I just, I'm a, I'm a real stickler for rules. I just don't think it should have been allowed from the onset. And so um, I would retroactively give the win to team Royal, uh, especially given the fact that Brian Keel made the catch. Like Brian shouldn't, if I was on that team, Brian would not have been allowed anywhere near the offensive huddle. Brian thinks he is an offensive player. Brian kept the ball that he caught, by the way, like he scored a real touchdown in a real game in that thing. He's probably got it on his mantle somewhere. Give it to his he kid. got it engraved or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What, whatever. Funny story is that was Max's ball. Yes. Max brought it. It he was used the Duke. His own ball. An NFL ball. Yeah. 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 An NFL ball. And Brian <laughs> kept it, of course, because he, he thought he deserved it. Brian didn't even make that catch. If you look at it, Cody Hoffman trapped the ball on Brian's chest from behind. And Brian, like, somehow, like, got his arms around it in time to, to hold on before it got knocked away. But Brian didn't make that catch. We're crediting Brian with the catch that Cody Hoffman made. So I, I just have issue with that last play. But other than that, it was a great event. I, actually, when I was up there, when I was up there for graduation, I was through the SAB and, uh, you know, talking to a bunch of guys and, and they were putting a hard press on me to come play. And I, I might have to do it in the next, uh, it sounds like they're going to do it every year. So I'll get up there at some point. I don't, I don't know how many plays I'm going to log in, but, uh, See if I can't make it up for for next alumni game. Let's yeah, go! Dude. Yeah, Dennis on, Pitta sort of committing, and we will take that. We will take that. I'll see what I can do about the uh, spear, Jaron, before the game. <laughs> yeah, that's actually still uh, you know a mandatory request. Also, if if Jerem's going to be in the huddle with his little microphone trying to get audio, we're not having that either. It's a regular we're size him out of the huddle. <laughs> 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 Whatever it was, you don't belong in the huddle. <laughs> Neither did you. Oh. Well, you weren't there. Yeah, Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> Thanks for joining the show, question mark. Oh, yes. Great to talk to you. The You're feud welcome, continues. Spencer. Thanks for having me. Congrats on doing what thousands of BYU students do every year, Dennis. Yeah. Graduate. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, listen. I thought you were taking steps in the right direction. We, every time he comes on, it's 10 rounds, bro. Ten rounds. He threw some haymakers there at the end. So did your boy. Coming up, breaking news, a, a, a big-time opponent on BYU's schedule. A, the starting quarterback's transferring. Oh. I'll tell you which school. I haven't even told Spence yet. Holy cow. Plus, Ashton Reiner, number one javelin thrower in the country. She will join us in coming up. Is Tyler Algier snubbed from that list we were talking about from Big Game Boomer not being one of the best walk-ons ever? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk. Enabling global trade for a growing world. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get content throughout the day, like highlights from that unforgettable interview we just had with Dennis Pitta. Haymakers thrown verbally on both sides between Jerem and Dennis. Ah, Dennis, you dog. Follow us on the social media platforms of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. To pay off what I mentioned earlier, Bear, uh, Baylor quarterback Jerry Bohannon is uh, reportedly entering the transfer portal. Well, well, well. Let's go. Home opener. Game just got a little Come on. interesting. Come on. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Aiden Callahan, no relation to Tommy, threw a pitch last night that fell 15 feet short of home plate. He laughed it off. Here's the video. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> what would your act- reaction be if you threw that pitch? Exactly the one that Colin Reuter, his catcher, gave him. He just laughed at him. <laughs> Colin laughed at him and was like, uh, what was that? You know what? 
Aiden was awesome in the two innings he pitched. <laughs> wow. But that one got away. Luckily, no one's on base. And Reuter totally read that and stopped it. That's a heck of a play to take it off the chest plate. <laughs> That's correct. So funny. You have to just take that in stride. You have to you're smile at that. And yeah, you're you're if the you're game. down 7 nothing or something, you're ticked. Sure. You know what I mean? but, different, yeah. different different, feeling. Yeah. All good. All good. Hey, Cosmo Cougar leads all college athletic departments, no joke, with TikTok accounts with over a million followers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's number one on TikTok. Cosmo coming in at number one in this social media ranking, so is Western Kentucky going to appeal this outcome to? Which brings us to a new segment, Spencer. Amazing moments in mascot history. The date, October 31st, 2020. BYU hosts Western Kentucky on the heels of Cosmo winning the SiriusXM Mascot National Championship in a Twitter poll over some mascot named Big Red from Western Kentucky. WKU fans alleged voter fraud in an investigation. Tommy uh, Johnny Linehan admitted that he did that. The two had a dance-off between quarters, which Cosmo, of course, dominated in 80s garb. Big Red was sent home packing, and Cosmo yet again defeated Big Red of Western Kentucky. This is Amazing Moments in Mascot <laughs> History. I just need you to be like, boy, look at him go. Cosmo the Cougar. <laughs> just just crushed Big Red. No, I Cosmo love this music is so much. unmatched on the socials. Fantastic. So good, seriously. Well done, Cosmo. Number one on TikTok, number one in our hearts. Coming up, today's rising shout out to a guy who wanted to be on the show, and so he will be. And BYU Track and Field's latest school record holder and the number one yeah. javelin thrower in all the land. Ashton Reiner joins us in studio. This is BYU Sports. Not two, not three. One, baby. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch out for that wall. It'll get you. After a game today at Southern Utah, softball hosts Santa Clara Friday and West Coast Conference doubleheader starting at 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. They basically need to win every game to have yes. a shot at defeating LMU for the conference yeah. title, keeping that NCAA regional streak alive. Are they Felt that way when they lost the LMU series, mm. but they got to win out and Let's then go. hope that LMU loses a couple of games. Let's go. Do it. Hey, every game's a big one. And yes, to answer your question, they're in position to get an at-large. Oh, okay. Never mind. They don't have to. <laughs> We're good. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live from Studio B. Joining us now is the number one ranked number javelin one. thrower in the country in women's track and field. Her name is Ashton Reiner. Ashton, welcome to Studio B. Thanks. Breaking <laughs> records. To top of the list. Number one. You're with, you're with Cosmo. He's number one on TikTok. You're number one in the javelin. Yes. How does good. it feel to be number one? Good. It feels so good. It feels like a long time coming. I will tell you that. Okay. To be number one, you have to have the furthest throw. Yes. Period, right? Yes. It's not like an opinion. It's a fact. Okay, it's yes. merit-based. Like, like you threw the furthest. Yes. And so you're number one. Did you, at the beginning of the year, feel like, hey, I got a shot to be the top-ranked javelin throw in the country? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, I've thrown it at practice. I've, I've thrown far at practice, and I was like, hey, when can I do this at a meet? And I finally did it. I was so excited. 60.36 meters on that final throw. That's unbelievable. Yes. And the fact that you broke your own record twice on Saturday mm-hmm. at Robinson. Yes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But, like, how do you continue to even get better? Because simplistically, we look at it, it's like, okay, throw it as far as you can. Yes. There's a ton of technique yes. involved. Yes. Weights, conditioning. Yes. It, what does it take to do this? So I'm actually in the gym all the time. I lift a lot of weights, but also you can't just rely on your strength. You have to rely on a lot of technique. And I think I'm 
very technical this year, like super technical. Mm. Um, I I feel like I can throw it a lot further because it was so cold. That meat. It helps. It was so cold. Wait, why did it help you? Oh, it didn't help. Oh, it no. didn't help. Okay. No, that's why I was like, I think I can throw it a lot further. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it was right, so cold right. and so windy. So. <laughs> so yeah. you're telling us you can break your own record again. Yes. I love it. Yes. <laughs> What's the farthest you've thrown in practice? Um, 59-1. Okay. So this was like a total PR, but yeah. So wow. you're saying if it was warmer... You would have gone, like, to 61 or something? 62? What Hopefully. are we talking about here? Yes. Because there was a headwind. So there was a strong headwind, and I don't like headwind. You're throwing into the wind. Yes. yes. And it was Not cold. wind-aided. Yes. And it was freezing. Wow. So. I, when are we going to watch you? When's the next meet? Let's go. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to compete at the next home meet, but Oregon. I will be at Oregon. Okay. Yep. And that's not nationals. It's like a lead-up yes. to nationals. Yes. It'll be streaming somewhere in our day and age. Yes. It'll be streaming somewhere. Yes. We will watch this. That's awesome. Ashton Reiner is with us on BYU Sports Nation. New personal record in the Javelin, 60.36 meters. Uh, for those wondering, like, let's put that on a football field. That's throwing it, like, almost 70 yards, right? What are we talking about here? Yeah. I just know I throw it 198 feet. Uh-huh. I don't know yeah. yards. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's, just, it's like 67 yards. Google tells me it's 65 point. Seven or whatever. That's unbelievable. I could probably. We should have Jaron Hall throw a football as far as he can, and you throw a friggin' javelin. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That would be awesome. Oh, gosh. That would be amazing. Ninth best throw this year in the world. Yes. Okay, so that's a new level. What are your aspirations with all of this? Has this throw, this personal best, has this changed maybe your perception of what you could do in the future? Definitely. Before, it's like, okay, maybe I can take this pro, but I was like, you kind of have to hit the 60 barrier before you even think about that. For me personally, I know other people haven't, but for me, I was like, if I hit 60, I can go pro. And so that was like, okay, I hit 60, I can do this. So, yeah. What was that moment like when you hit 60 and realized, okay, I'm in a a different area here? I was like, holy crap, (laughs) more years of javelin. Yeah, yeah. Do you really want to commit to this? I was like, my body hurts, but yeah, I do. I do. When, when did you take up javelin? Um, so in high school. But I have like kind of a unique story because a lot of people just take it up in high school. Whereas my dad, he's a track coach. Mm. He's like in third grade. I was the biggest child. I was a little chunky. It's okay. Um, but he was like, <laughs> you're going to throw the javelin. I was like eight years old. And I was like, Not the, run. Ja- the javelin. Okay. Well, I have all my older siblings running, and I'm like, no, I'm going to run. And he goes, no, you're going to throw the javelin. I'm like, okay. So I just got really good at it. I think he, he just <laughs> knew it, me at third, in third grade. He's like, you're going to throw the javelin. How did like, he okay. know? Dad's intuition. Wow. I don't know. I was just a big kid. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're like, I could be running the 800 right now. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> the pros and cons of throwing the javelin. Um, I can eat before my meat and not throw up. <laughs> That's a win. And I can lift as much as I want and get buff. Those are the if you're yes. a runner, you get you get too buff. I don't know, actually. Oh, okay. I don't know. But it's like a, I don't know. Oh, no, like long distance. I know like Jazz, our girl, she is strong. Okay. Like squatting 300 pounds Oh, strong. my gosh. That's amazing. Like she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's wow, Ashton Reiner on BYU Sports Nation, straight out of Connell, Washington. We, Hadless. Yeah. 
Yes, Hadley. You know the Hadleys? Yes, I did. Awesome. Yeah. The Spencer and Matt. Spencer and Matt Are you the greatest athlete now to ever come out of Connell, Washington? I believe so. I, I think <laughs> Sorry, Matt and Spencer. Were they ever ranked number one at anything in the NCAA? I don't think Just so. throwing it out there. They're like Pun intended. Throwing it out Pun there. Pun intended. That's why we get paid the bucks here. Um, what's the relationship with the Hadleys? So, so my dad coaches them or coached them in high school. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then kind of neighbors in farming terms, neighbors. Yes. So many yeah. acres away. Yes. Many, many acres away. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a farm? So my grandparents have a huge farm and then we actually raised pigs growing up. So we had a pig farm. Nice. Yeah. There you go. What did you learn from having a pig farm that helps you be a great javelin thrower? Um, did you ever chuck any pigs? Wow. No, I mean, no, it's like you have to like hold them by their legs and stuff. So I, a lot of hard right. work and waking up early. I thought it was normal for someone to wake up at like 5 a.m. every mm. day of their life. It's not normal. Do you still do this? Yeah. Uh, six, like six, six o'clock now. Yeah. Are you sleeping in? Yeah, people think I'm crazy. Nice. Do you, do you love good. bacon? No, I hate bacon. Oh, and you worked on a pig farm. Yes. <laughs> I don't like bacon. Do you just love you the like, pigs more? Is that why? I, oh, no. I just don't like the taste of bacon. Oh, okay. Do you like the movie Babe? Yes. It's a great one. <laughs> Ba-ram-you. That's a good one. So good. Okay. <laughs> Ashton Reiner, one of eight kids out of Connell, Washington. Better athlete than the Hadleys. Glad we've got all we've of that. We've established out. that. We've got we're, all of that We're going to hear about this from the Hadleys, yeah. Um, walk us through the time frame of what is going to happen for you over the next few months. Um, and do you... Do you graduate early? Do you turn pro early? Or is this like, are you longstanding at BYU? What's the plan now? So I actually just graduated this thir last Thursday. Congratulations. And then, um, but I do have a red shirt year. So I tore my UCL two years ago. And so I had Tom John surgery. So my husband actually has another year. So I was Lane like, Lunt, baby. Yes. football tied player, yeah, tight end, yes. Lane Lunt. Like so I was like, might as well stay, you yeah. know? So I'm going to come back another year. And then awesome. go pro after that. Definitely. Can we need win? to get you a name, image, and likeness deal with a pig farm in Utah. Right? Let's go. Yes. Um, figure something out. You're number one in the country. Do you feel like, hey, it's I got to win the natty here? I'm number one? There's some pressure there. Yeah? But, yeah, I, I think I can do it. Like, I believe I can do it. Yes. Wow. Because I have the top two marks right now. So, like, oh. 58 is my first one that I broke my record. Yeah. And then I threw 60. So, I have, like, the two best marks. Let's go. Right That's now. awesome. Ashton. Yeah. Okay, during so the break, we're going to have you sign that Sailor Coog flag because we need the autograph of the number one ranked javelin thrower in the country. I'm so stoked for you. Let's Thank go. You. And let's give you some BOA Sports Nation karma for some rest and yep. then a big meet at Oregon. Good luck. Thank Good luck. You. And then nationals coming up later, of course, in June. So we got a sec. Yes, we do. Yeah. Great to have you with yeah, us on the show. Guys. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, coming up, are you worthy of the elite voice of the day? Plus, a rise and shout out to a man who's been targeting an invite to Studio B. This well, is BYU Sports Nation. Get him in here. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and view. How good was Ashton, by the way? Ashton was fantastic. Holy shnikes. She was fun. Number one in the country. Pick Ninth farms. best throw in the world with the javelin this year. She could win the national championship. Awesome. That's let's go. Our poll question of the day, featuring a team that could also win the national championship, Jerem. 
How would you best describe BYU's college football playoff chances this season? We can't be coming off a loss to UAB and talking playoff. Come on, man. Here we are, thanks to Heather Dinich of ESPN. We didn't even say it. No, like realistically. We're not realistically. How would you best describe their chances? Dark horse, long shot, blue goggled, or reality? Yeah. The winner of the poll. Is long shot forty five percent? Long shot and dark horse feel like the same thing to me. Okay, followed by blue goggled at thirty four percent. I thought blue goggled would win. Basically, it's do you think this is silly or is there a realistic chance? And it's five percent versus ninety five. Yeah, four point seven percent of the poll, and I wonder how many of you actually 4. believe 7%. that. Voting that this is reality, they, they've got a good chance to make the college football playoff. <laughs> Eleven and one, baby. You guys are crazy. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, playoff? Zero losses. <laughs> You have one loss, no shot of the playoff. No. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mounts Resort from at Jeremiah underscore Hale. So BYU's chances of making the playoff are high enough that Utah fans will surely mock this thread rather than just ignoring it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Utah's like top five everywhere. He continues. Which is crazy. But low enough that BYU fans know not to have unrealistic expectations, even if it's fun to tweet the what-if scenarios. That's all we're discussing is what-if. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout-Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Can we give it to Josh Cowden, who yes. hit two home runs last night uh-huh. and threw out a runner early in the game with a laser to home plate. Boom, baby. He was dynamite on both sides of the situation last night. And... Here's the thing. He's been targeting an interview on the show. He said, I got to do something special so I can get on BYU Sports Nation. Get him on, baby. I told him last night. Nice work, bro. The invite is now issued, my friend. We will talk to him soon. All it took was two homers and an outfield assist. A web jam, right? Our thanks to today's guests, Dennis Pitta and Ashton Reiner. Jason really took this. Look out! For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Tori Almond. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Sorry, Dennis. Bro.